And so, of course, she says, well, yeah, I hear that can cause Alzheimer's. And I'm like, great. So I'm taking this acid reflux medication that's going to make me have early onset Alzheimer's. And I'm going to have this child to raise as an old woman with Alzheimer's. No. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Daniel, are you there? I am. Hi. Hi. How are you both? Well, I just heard how you both are. Oh, yeah. Um, We're just talking. We're exchanging acid reflux stories. Well, I just want to let you both know that I am currently eating cherry pie because I have sympathy cravings for both of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. So I understand the struggle. I get it. You know, it's, it's well, a struggle for all of us. When I was a freshman in high school, I met a tall girl with long, dark hair wearing overalls who was obviously very passionate about language arts, just like I was. I knew that we'd be good friends and we became very close over the next four years. By the time we were seniors in high school, I was the choir president and she was the theater arts president. When we graduated, she went to college at NYU to study film and I went to college at BYU to study music education. In the 20 years since high school, we have remained close as we've pursued careers as a choir teacher for me and as a TV writer for Shauna. In November, she called me a few times and didn't leave a message. I knew that she had something to share with me. And when she told me what it was, I got very excited. And I said to her, I'm pregnant too. We are both 37 years old. Our birthdays are one week apart and we're experiencing first time pregnancy at the same time. We also found out that our babies are due two days apart and they are both little boys. On this episode of Mental Illness and Me, Daniel Sowers, guest host from season one and also our sound editor, will interview the both of us about our experiences with pregnancy. My name is Katie Houston Davies and this is Mental Illness and Me. So, Shauna and Katie, it's such a pleasure to talk to you both. And this is such an exciting time for both of you. We, we have a couple questions to go through in this episode because uh, number one, with Katie doing this podcast and interviewing so many people, it's always nice to hear a little bit from, uh, from Katie's perspective about what's going on in her life. Um, and, and also since this is a, a really special time in her life with some unique challenges that can sometimes come up with mental health, is a great opportunity and you're both going through the preg- a pregnancy at the same time so excited to to dive into some of these questions so first off uh this is for both of you and maybe shauna if you want to go first how has your pregnancy journey been um so far like give us a a recap great yeah and i also just want to say hi and thanks so much katie for having me and daniel too uh this is so nice to be a part of. Um, my pregnancy journey <laughs> has, um, I mean, like every woman's pregnancy, quote, unquote, journey, you know, it's like somewhat your whole life. And then also um, just the period leading up to when you get pregnant, and then your pregnancy. Um, I think uh, I was wanting to get pregnant, uh, but also uh, content uh, in my life, not having a baby. And so, um, and very busy, I work a lot, and my job is very important to me. And so it was always sort of a 
question of whether or not I would have kids. I didn't feel like it was really answered um, definitively. Um, And my husband and I started trying, um, but not really trying. (laughs) We more, um, I went to my my OBGYN and got my fertility tested about four years ago. And she said it was rather low. Um, and I should start trying then. Um, so basically we, because I was still quite, I don't know if ambivalent is the right word, but, um, I don't know, just sort of, well, I guess it's better to try (laughs) than, um, and then not, uh, we started, um, basically just, you know, having sex, but unprotected thinking, okay, well, we'll let fate kind of answer, um, this question. And we're in our thirties and, you know, financially stable. And none of those were the reasons why, um, not to have kids. It was much more about, uh, my own autonomy and art making and all that stuff. So anyway, then we kind of did that for four years. Um, and, uh, I wasn't getting pregnant and, um, I knew that I was basically just becoming less fertile. Um, my, my mom and my grandma both went through menopause in their thirties. So I, um, I felt like I had this crazy deadline. Um, and then we had just made an appointment with a fertility specialist and Graham had just gotten tested himself and he checked out. Okay. Um, and I had my mom, had convinced me to start going to um, a reflexologist and acupuncturist. So I went to that guy for like a month and then I found out I was pregnant. So I kind of think it was the the, um, acupuncture, um, (laughs) but I didn't have to see a specialist or any of that. And I feel so grateful because so many of my friends obviously have struggled to get pregnant and have had to do much more invasive procedures and taken much more hard paths to get there. So, and so we just feel very lucky, even though it did take four years. First off, congratulations. That that's so cool. And a new age baby. That's great with acupuncture. That's so fun. This actually, you brought up something that's really, I think, unique to point out, and maybe not unique is not necessarily the right word, but you and Katie are both at uh, a point in your life, and I'm at the same point where in my 30s, established, um, feeling good about things, and it really is kind of that precipice, especially, obviously, for, for women, if you're wanting to have your own child, you know, like... I'm sure there's the pressure that you feel from just your body going through its own process, but then there's family pressures, then there's wanting to maintain your own independence and having a baby is a 18 to life commitment. Uh, (laughs) So that's, it's a whole journey. Did did you always know that you wanted kids or, or had it always been something that you were open to, but not, not necessarily seeking? Yeah, I think it really fluctuated as I grew up and, you know, there are ages when 
I think your fertility is peaking and you're sort of baby brains and then that subsides and your life changes and, um, you know, in your relationship with your parents change. And I think that can affect whether or not you want to have kids, just how you're processing your own sort of um, family of origin to use the therapy term. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I was, I was always kind of like back and forth about it. I think I, Katie can speak to this maybe better than me, but I definitely have a very maternal quality. I've been told that a lot in my life from like, from as a little girl on. So I think it was always sort of expected of me to have kids. Um, But as I grew older and you just don't meet the partner that you think you're going to meet when you think you're going to meet them and you do struggle to have kids um, or to get pregnant, like you, you realign those ideas in your head and you, you start to think through like other options and other ways to be happy and to be a fulfilled person. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think I was always kind of back and forth about it. Katie, how about you? How has your journey been? Well, first of all, I can speak to Shauna's maternal quality. Um, Just a very, very strong leader, very caring, very loving, very attentive. And so I can see why she would say that it was always kind of expected of her that she would grow up and have children. And she's also very driven, very independent, but always in an extremely kind and loving maternal way which is which is quite a gift (laughs) it really is so I always knew I wanted children that was number one to me ever since I was a little girl and I had my life mapped out and I knew exactly what was going to happen when and I was going to have five children and it was going to happen when I was 24 I was going to get married and then shortly after I'd have my first kid and then I'd have five total and it, right. And it, it was set like in my mind, it was set in stone because my parents got married at 24 and I thought that is the perfect age. I knew I didn't want to get married really young. I wasn't ready. Like when I say really young, I mean, really young. Like I knew I didn't want to get married, you know, in college, but I, I thought for sure by the time I was 24, that it would happen. And of course my life didn't go that way. But when I started dating Cameron, He has four children already, but he knew that for me, it was a deal breaker. I knew that I wanted to have a baby and I was looking for somebody who would be interested in supporting me in that. And it was in my mind, definitely a deal breaker. If he didn't want to have any more children, then I wasn't interested in continuing the relationship, whether or not that's a bad thing. I don't know, but that's how I always felt. And um, so when we got married, uh, I knew that I was older and I knew that. So I decided that we decided not to do any birth control because um, we didn't know what our chances were with fertility, um, having never tried to get pregnant before. We knew Cam could have kids, (laughs) boys especially, (laughs) but we didn't know how I was. And so actually my, uh, when I got a consultation 
um, they told me that if after six months we weren't having any luck, that we should look into fertility. So I actually had already had a consultation with a fertility clinic. Cam got tested again just to see if his age, he's seven years older than I am, to see if his age had affected his fertility. And I had started the process of getting ready for all of my tests. I had a prescription of Clomid ready to go for the Clomid test. And um, lo and behold, we got pregnant. And so um, right before we started the fertility treatments. So it didn't take us very long, um, which I was grateful for because of my age. But I will definitely say that I dealt with a lot of feelings after once I launched into a pregnancy that ended up being extremely challenging, especially the, the first trimester was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. I had a lot of feelings of guilt of, you know, this happened for me quickly and this is what I've always wanted, but why do I feel right now? Like I can't do this. And like, I can't take one more step forward or else like that. I'm just not going to make it through this basically. Um, so it was, it was hard having that fairy tale dream. And as I look back at it now, if, if I were 24 and, and if that's how sick I was going to get during pregnancy, I don't know that I would have been able to have five kids anyway with how rough the pregnancies were. And so it's interesting to see how we have things all planned out a certain way and then things go totally different than what we expect. I think that that would be, that would present its own unique challenges. First off, just uh, the kind of time crunch right after you get married and also wanting, knowing that you have this desire to have your own kid uh, but then the, especially knowing you, Katie, uh, knowing how you, you think through things that you don't want to seem ungrateful, but you also have to deal with the reality of, holy cow, this is horrible feeling, this first trimester. Living life just without being pregnant is already hard physically and mentally, right? We can all acknowledge last year was rough. Life in general can sometimes be its own mental health journey. Did you all go into your pregnancies uh, with with coping mechanisms in mind or with, with I think I might struggle with this issue while I'm pregnant kind of uh, mental preparations or, or how did you how did you approach that? Well, um, I was surprised to find out I was pregnant. <laughs> so I didn't like have a lot of pre thought of how I would deal with the mental uh, health part of it. But we did get pregnant during the pandemic. And I found out actually the day, like a couple days after the election. So like a highly stressful week. Um, my husband <laughs> went into shock, I think, um, and didn't really respond to the fact that I was pregnant positively or negatively <laughs> until Biden was announced the winner on Saturday. And then he, and then he was like, and you're pregnant. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, I think he just needed, he just was like too oversaturated with um, political stress. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I deal with depression. I was, um, I don't know how much I dealt. I had depression in my 20s or early 30s, but I went through you know, kind of a traumatic loss in my early thirties. And so, um, started on, uh, well, butrin and also have been kind of dealing with, um, 
ADHD issues. Um, and so, yeah, I was prescribed Wellbutrin a few years ago and have been on it predominantly since then because I, I do have, you know, depressive swings for sure. And I, I can kind of predict when they're going to happen now just from experience. But um, so I, if they recommend mostly that pregnant women stay on their medication because the belief is it's better to have a mentally healthy mother in any than any other like sort of risk of which they haven't been able to determine really any to the child and um so it is a bit of an unknown but basically better to keep the mom healthy than um most other things so i stayed on my medication um I'll have throughout my pregnancy, I'm at 28 weeks now, but I did actually, I, looking back, like I really suffered a low at the beginning of my pregnancy. I I was um, quite depressed, really struggled to kind of like do anything, but lie around (laughs) and um, watch the totality of Mad Men again. And uh, and then continued like, kind of being depressed on and off through my first trimester, I think looking back, like when I was in it, I was like, well, maybe this is just pregnancy because your hormones are surging and you have a different type of hormone suddenly introduced in your body. But then post week 18, my mood really changed. And like a lot of the, the doubts I was having and like the, oh my gosh, this is terrible. A lot of Kate, what Katie was just saying, like the sickness I was going through and like, I don't want this. I can't be a mom. Like all these really negative ruminating thoughts um, sort of just like went away. And I, I'm like, oh, wow, you really suffered <laughs> a depression that you weren't really like accepting that you were in at the beginning of the pregnancy. Um, and so, yeah, I'm concerned that postpartum, I might suffer depression again, but every woman is so different in what they go through um, that I'm kind of knocking on wood that I already went through it and maybe I'll just be fine. (laughs) But I am like prepared, I think more mentally that that could happen because it kind of happened at the beginning. And I just want to echo what Shauna said about how every woman is so different. I'm learning this process has taught me so much about that because pregnancy is all over the map for people. I mean, there are some people who love being pregnant. I have a friend who suffers from rheumatoid arthritis and her body is at its most pain-free when she's pregnant because everything relaxes. And so it's just pregnancy can be such a different experience for one woman uh, than for another. And mental health definitely does play into that. I I already knew because I have struggled with OCD for my entire life and I've been on medication for about 15 years. I already knew that I needed to find out what I was going to do during pregnancy. So I think even before I was pregnant, I was getting advice on this. But definitely when I got pregnant, I talked to my psychiatrist and he said the same thing that Shauna was told, which is, it is better, the, the risks of going off of your anxiety medication or your OCD medication to the baby are just as high, if not worse, than if you were to um, <clears throat> stay on it. And so you need to stay on the medication. And, and that was really nice to be given a definitive answer. 
Cause I think sometimes there's all these things like, Oh, should I eat this? Is this going to hurt the baby? Is that going to hurt the baby? But to have somebody, a medical professional say, do this, it is for your best interest and the baby's best interest. That was really comforting to me. And I have stuck to it. Like it's been a lifeline. And I think that it has helped me a lot to be regularly on my medication. Um, I have had spikes in anxiety and depression throughout the pregnancy, but I've been able to keep it under control. And I'm uh, really, really grateful for that. It's funny because during the pandemic, I started having some very strange OCD symptoms that I hadn't had before. My OCD was really focused on things like um, morality and making sure I was being honest. That's called scrupulosity. But then I started to have a different form of OCD where I, I was convinced that myself and all of my family members were, and my husband were getting dementia or early onset Alzheimer's. My gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And so I would, anytime my mom or dad would forget something I told them, I would immediately start panicking. And anytime my husband would not remember something that I had told him, I would start panicking. And then anytime I had a hard time coming up with a word, I would panic. And that had kind of subsided, but then it started coming back again in my pregnancy a little bit. And so I have noticed that, and like Shauna, I also worry about postpartum because I know that I am susceptible to these mental episodes. And so it's something that I'm definitely going to watch out for and be vigilant about. And it's something my husband's aware of as well to help kind of look for the signs. Um, And I know we'll get through it. And I just... um, I just really, I, like Shauna said, I hope that the fact that I've been able to sort of maintain an even keel for me during this pregnancy is indicative of how it'll be after, but I guess there's no way of knowing it'd be good to follow up in a year and see. Yeah. Thanks both so much for being so candid about, about that part of the journey. I think it's, it's really great to, to live in a time in the world where people are being more and more open and transparent because I think it really helps a lot of people you know as a as a man I can say it's I'm the most qualified person to be asking these (laughs) questions and commenting on your journey Uh, (laughs) no but but on the serious though like I I can only imagine that other uh women and and couples that are listening to this uh this will be very very helpful but on a lighter note I love Shauna your story about telling your husband (laughs) during the election I, I can't even imagine the surge of emotions, especially with it being so close. Uh, Katie, what was what was your big reveal story? Oh, I, I didn't really have a big reveal. I, my sister told me that you, the when you look at the pregnancy test, she said, even if the line is like really, really faint, like you can barely, barely see it, it means you're pregnant. She was like, it doesn't have to be dark. It doesn't have to be definitive. And I didn't, I didn't do an electronic test, which I like a digital test. I should have, but anyway, so starting like five days before, um, I, my period was supposed to start, I was already taking pregnancy tests, which you're not really supposed to do that because (laughs) (laughs) the accuracy, it really, it is not as strong five days before, but I took one and I, swore there there was that little faint line and I went into my husband and I said look it's there and he's like oh uh uh-huh 
And I was like, hold, <laughs> I'm holding it up to the light. And I'm like, can you see? Like, it's really faint. My sister says that even if it's really faint, it means you're pregnant. And I, he did not, he wasn't, he wasn't buying it. I mean, you could tell he was, you know, humoring me a little bit, but it took about three of those <laughs> tests and we, I lined them up on my counter side by side. And it took about three of those tests for him to actually go, Oh, I think you might, I think you're right. I think you might actually be pregnant. I think I took a total of six. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's yeah, great. So I took six pregnancy tests. And so by the last one, he was, he was positive with me. So it was definitely not like any sort of big reveal. <laughs> what are the, what's the weirdest food craving that you've had? And what's the most uh, ridiculous thing that you've spur of the moment bought on <laughs> Amazon in preparation for your baby? Uh, I don't know. Katie probably has better stories of this than me. Um, I haven't had like huge food cravings. Um, I, I do feel like I need all of a sudden like protein or something. Like I, I definitely made a tuna sandwich at like six in the morning one day um, and then immediately threw it up. Um, I lately, you know, sweet stuff, which is not good. Like Jessica Alba says, no sugar. I have her um, book, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it definitely is my soothing mechanism. Um, ice cream most ridiculous thing I've bought off eBay or I mean off the internet. I mean, I'm just going a little crazy on like Craigslist and this app called offer up and cause baby stuff is so expensive and I, I find it so ridiculous. Um, and I -hmm. get so mad at all the plastic it uses. Um, (laughs) and kind of arbitrarily, I think it's just my way of like processing, uh, just feeling anxiety ridden about having a baby. Uh, for some reason, I'm like putting my weird um, uh, Virgo personality into trying to find like secondhand <laughs> strollers and cribs. And um, my husband is like, honey, um, I think that's great. <laughs> um, but you know, there's a world where it's also nice to have a new stroller and we know it's safe. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But this one's a hundred dollars. But it's the this baby too, and it's usually thirteen hundred dollars. And um, I haven't, I haven't bought those yet. But it is definitely taking up like a lot of my weird time. And um, so I think I would say that also like closet organizers. I'm obsessed with finding like reorg, like redoing the baby's closet in a way that's going to optimize space. And I, it's just ridiculous um so that kind of stuff I guess as for me yeah the cravings like Shauna said it's like you'll crave certain uh types of things like I've been craving citrus like oranges and things like that lately but when I was in my first trimester it was and and actually all the way through till now cold cereal it's like one of the only things that I could eat in the first trimester it didn't upset it was like one of the only things that would um not upset my stomach and so just tons and tons and tons of cold cereal and usually just the junkiest cereal like if you've ever seen (laughs) fruity pebbles with marshmallows that's a thing no I I mean you just look at that stuff and you're like is this even real that someone's trying to pass this off as a breakfast food 
<laughs> but I've definitely eaten uh, my fair share of that. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. I've had some, like what Shauna said, how she made something and then just threw it up. I had this moment where I was like, I want Doritos so bad. I want Doritos right now, like Cool Ranch Doritos. Oh, no, what I really wanted were those guacamole chips um, and or avocado. They're like <laughs> avocado chips. They taste <laughs> like Doritos, but they they're green and you can really only get them at gas stations and they don't sell them in the grocery store. <laughs> so I told Cam, like, that's what I really want. But if you can't find those then just get Cool Ranch Doritos and I want a Slurpee, like a really big one. So he comes home and he found the chips. And then he also brought Doritos and then he also brought the big Slurpee. And so I had it all. And then after that, I couldn't even look (laughs) at Doritos again. (laughs) There are so many things that remind me of being sick, like certain foods that I ate when I was in my first trimester or something that I can't even think about them or, or places in my house or smells or anything that just reminds me of being so, so sick. And it's still a really big struggle. And I'm hoping that'll go away. Um, after I give birth, um, as far as ordering things online, I, I did fall into like the total cliche for father's day. I got cam, I got a little outfit that says daddy's little (laughs) nothing buddy. And I, (laughs) (laughs) and it has fish on the pants and it has a little matching hat and it is so cute because cam loves to fish. And you know what I've noticed too, Shauna, this is funny. You'll have to tell me if you've noticed this, but as I've looked at baby things, I realized that I have a baby style and I don't, I don't like any of the clothes that have sports on them because I don't like sports <laughs> and I don't want my baby to feel like he has to play sports and I don't like the trucks either. And it's probably cause I don't like trucks. I don't know, but I find myself drawn to anything with like sea creatures on it, like uh, any kinds of fish or whales or um I and I also like dogs for some reason I don't even like dogs but like these are the clothes that I think are cute but I don't like sort of the macho boy clothes everything with babies is so um gendered uh in such a weird way although it does seem that we're we're being we're moms at a luckier parents at a luckier time where there's also sometimes gender neutral options but yeah I mean I'm not trying to force anything on this kid. Um, so I, I do sort of tend to avoid um, things that would be maybe stereotypically, I guess, male. Um, although it's more like, I think if I were having a girl, I would want to get her the onesie with the trucks on it too, you know? So like, I, I'm like open to it, but it's like this thing of like, is this me? going too far in one direction to overcorrect. Like, so I, I, I'm so crazy in all the ways that you're talking. I just overthink everything. So um, back to Jessica Alba, who I'm like weirdly, obviously obsessed with. Um, she has a, she has a baby company <laughs> called Honest Company, you know, um, and they sell these 10 packs of onesies in rainbow colors. And I really love rainbows. Um, like I really, I just really love color, all color. So they have one pack that's considered the girl pack and one pack that's considered the boy pack and they're solid colors, but the rainbow gradients are more pink in the girl bag pack and more kind of like blue and orange in the boy pack. 
And um, I'm just so angry about that <laughs> for no reason. I just, but I put both on the registry because I'm like, my kid can wear pink. This is ridiculous that like boys, um, that she would do that is such a funny thing that she would like arbitrarily pick all these weird, cause it's not just blue and pink. It's like this whole spectrum of colors that she's now by turning into a binary. Um, so yeah, I definitely do bristle uh, about a lot of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also, you know, um, I'm not anti-male or, like, anti, like, the idea of science or <laughs> technology or any of the things they kind of put on a lot of the boy clothes. So, yeah, I mean, I'll buy them. I mean, but dinosaurs is a safe area for sure, Katie. And Graham, my husband, is was kind of in a sweet way the other night saying he used to be really into dinosaurs. So I've been sort of leaning into that as like a motif um <laughs> but does that answer your question <laughs> that i'm just insane <laughs> no it totally does when i found out i was having a boy i was really nervous about it i thought for sure i was gonna have a girl but i i was like i don't know how to do boy i have no idea because i have a brother but he's very very sweet and he did like things like track or cross country but he wasn't into team sports he didn't like watch football and he was always really sweet and sensitive towards his sisters and things so I never really got like the whole rough housing like and it, now my stepsons though I have four stepsons and they are like constantly like just kind of joking beating each other up I mean it's all in good fun but it, to me it looks like they're killing each other and I'm like I don't even know what to do with this and so it's just like this totally unknown territory I had no idea you're having a boy, Katie. Oh, so excited! No, you don't even watch the social medias. I know I'm bad at it. I really hope you and he enter the mother boy contest, like (laughs) on Arrested Development, and you have your matching sailor costumes. Yes. (laughs) Do you guys remember that? (laughs) I haven't seen it, but I'm gonna have to look it up. Oh, I'm gonna send you the episode. It's it's a classic. Okay, one thing that I know that there's only like two questions left, but one thing that I think we would be really remiss not to mention is you both have careers that you really like. Shauna, you're like incredible in so many ways, professionally and personally. Obviously, Katie can speak to that, but it, professionally, you also have just this really fascinating, great career. Katie, you've dedicated so many years of your life to to building your craft and building your skill set in, in educating kids and developing those relationships. I'm curious about how, if your relationship with your professional life has shifted uh, mentally at all now that you're uh, you're pregnant, or like, or what what that kind of looks like for each of you? Because I'm guessing it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah, I think people people love to ask you questions when you're pregnant. Like, what are you, uh, what is your uh, childcare situation going to be? And so much of that is something you can't really, I think, determine until you know if you're healthy, if your baby's healthy. In my line of work, I, I'm a freelancer essentially. So I think I'm worried about how long I'll be out of or not working but then I also um 
I'm worried about when I do go back to work because my my job can have really weird long hours depending on like the situation and they're hard to predict so you know as a woman working in tv you start to collect examples like as a young at a young age like you start to look at your peers and your coworkers, and like you say like oh she has two kids they're both under five she hires a nanny and she pumps every day and her husband is home by four. And this woman over here brought her baby to work for like the first six months because she had an accommodating boss, which is so amazing. Um, and that's how she made it work. And her nanny came with the baby. Um, and like this woman over here um, has a stay at home uh, partner, which is so cool so that she can do her work and then this woman over here only sells pilots so she's not pilots are like the first episode of tv shows um and she's never a staffed writer like on a writing staff so she's always at home and her her career is very flexible and so there's all these different options and all these different people i'm looking at to try to figure out like what my way would possibly be and i i just don't I don't really know yet, but, you know, my husband and I are both in this field. He's a documentary producer and I just feel so lucky because he is so agreeable to be um, malleable about it. Like he, he's willing to be the person at home more or he's willing to be the person working more. And I think we're both kind of like that. And um, so we're just hoping to kind of figure it out, but we don't, no and it's a scary thing like I'm on a listserv and one woman just asked a question like have you told your bosses you're have you had experience with telling your bosses you're pregnant and when did you tell them and I'm worried I'm never going to work again and no one will ever hire me if they know I'm pregnant and most women on the chain were like don't tell anyone you're pregnant unless you have to it's your personal business and it does affect your hireability unfortunately and I think that's something we're just still contending with as, you know, modern uh, working women is because it does take you out of the workforce. I mean, if there were just a more accepting attitude about that in general, like, would that be such a big deal um, for the temporary amount of time that it does or whatever? So before the pandemic hit, I took a work trip to, it was like Nashville or, or, or some, some country town. Um, for for work to do this big pitch. Uh, oh, it was Knoxville. Not that it matters. Um, and the coworker that I went with, uh, she was pregnant and she was, I think, definitely third trimester, like very close to, or she was right at the cusp before you can't fly anymore. So wherever that is. And I remember I had to keep mentally telling myself, and she and I talked about it, uh, it was just so odd to me to see, uh, you know, this this pregnant woman out here working and presenting, and because uh, in my mind, I I've been so conditioned because I grew up in a in a very traditional household where, like, oh, if you're pregnant, you're at home and you are, uh, you know, taking it very easy. And she had to keep reminding me, like, no, I I'm still the same person. I still have the same mental capacity. Like all these things, she's 
just as capable as ever. But she was also telling me that she had her own insecurities about people taking her seriously to be doing a major presentation when she's so pregnant and for people to to be looking down on her for still working at that time. So I can't, I can't even imagine uh, how complex that is emotionally on top of just dealing with your own pregnancy um, highs and lows. I absolutely agree with that. And just as far as judgment goes, there's lots of things that pregnant women can be judged for. And right now with the COVID vaccine, a lot of pregnant women have been facing this as well. Is it, you know, should I be vaccinated? Should I not? There's people with very, very strong opinions about that. And um, it's really interesting to just think, okay, is what I'm doing for the greater good? Am I going to keep my baby safe? And it's, it's very, very complex. It's been a really, that's been a really tough one for me. But I just, I want to echo one thing Shauna said about her husband just being malleable and willing to uh, sort of work together to figure out the best solution for work and juggling childcare and things like that. I just um, feel so grateful to have a husband who is so supportive of my interests and of the things that I care about and who really does prioritize that in his life. My happiness is very important to him in terms of my interests outside of my role that I will have as a mother. And that has been so incredible for me. And I have to say that the years that I spent single, I am so grateful for the time that I got to really focus on my craft, like you said, of of being a teacher. I got to teach middle school and high school and the relationships that I built there with the community and with my students, I consider some of the most treasured gifts of my life. And I am so grateful for those chances. And what it, it did is it definitely gave me a love, a greater love for what I do. And so it did make the decision more difficult in terms of what to do after the baby's born, because I also am older and I don't know how many children I'll have. And so I want, I don't want to miss out on some of the firsts that will happen in my baby's life, but I also don't want to quit my career indefinitely. And so it's just, it's been tricky trying to decide how can I still feel fulfilled as an artist and feel like I'm progressing and contributing in the world of music education while also treasuring the time that I have with this little baby, that time I won't get back. One thing that is lucky for me is that I have the option of doing a a studio at home of teaching piano lessons and voice lessons from home. And I can choose how many students to take on Um, I can do part-time, I can do less than part-time, I can do a half-time, I can do full-time. And there's a great need, because I just moved to a small town and there aren't a lot of music teachers here. There's a great need for music teachers. And so my plan is to move away from full-time teaching in the public schools for a few years and open a studio so when my husband comes home from work, he can take the baby while I teach lessons. And, um, but then my plan is to go back. I, I do want to continue. I I've invested 13 years in the system and I do want to continue my job as a teacher. It grew so valuable to me in that time that I was single. I made it so much about career. Obviously 
I'm so excited to be a mom and be with my baby. <laughs> it is that that emotional aspect of it is like a whole other thing. And I, I just had an appointment with my psychiatrist the other day, actually. And she was talking more about the, the, the point of connection with your baby. And because I was telling her that sometimes I don't even feel pregnant and I feel weird about that. And I, I feel like I haven't like tapped into this like all-knowing earth mother um, like part of all of this. And maybe I should like sign up for some <laughs> like crystal class or something. And she was like, every woman has such a different <laughs> moment when that happens. It might be now, like they're suddenly like so into this thing growing inside them and she said some women experience it as soon as the baby's born when you first look in their eyes and for some women especially those who suffer postpartum it could be months after like you um you have your child and you're home with him or her so um i think that's sort of what i'm i'm just like being led by this idea of like well wait and see because <laughs> um, you can't really predict anything you know no I totally agree with you on that you are absolutely right that it, I, I have the same the same feelings that you do about that is just like worrying like will I connect with my baby will my baby love me it's so hard for me to picture being a mom because I never have I've always seen my sister as a mom you know I've seen my friends as moms for years and years and years and to them, it seems so natural. And sometimes I think, do I have that in me? Is that even something that is going to happen for me? And I do feel uh, some sort of connection to my baby, but it's not the way that I know that, I, or I hope that I will feel. Uh, so one question that I always have, and it's probably because I'm just a really sensitive person myself and and try to be like ultra aware, and it turns me into kind of a paranoid person, but um how have you two been able to celebrate your pregnancy while also being aware of friends and family members that might be struggling to get? I've actually really struggled with that. I tend to be a person who puts a lot of guilt on uh, situations. Um, you know, uh, Katie and I are both 37. I have so many friends here who have struggled to get pregnant, who have had really difficult IVF journeys to have, had to use surrogacy I have a lot of um queer and gay friends um where you know it's just always a com complex journey how you become a parent I have a lot of friends who have suffered miscarriages and multiple miscarriages it's it's just such a personal thing and it's something we don't talk about a lot and it wasn't until I became pregnant that I wanted to talk about it. And then also at the same time understood in a way better why we don't um, because of all those things, because it sometimes it carries with it so much heaviness and um, so much sadness um, that you never want to ask an insensitive question or like you say, show, you know, sort of wild uh, a celebration in the face of somebody who has had so much struggling. Honestly, I think being in lockdown and the pandemic has sort of helped because I can't be in anybody's face about being pregnant. Um, I am in my dog's face about it and they don't care. Um, <laughs> you know, but I've had like somewhat <laughs> awkward conversations with friends I've known who have struggled. And it's a weird thing when you're walking around with a belly 
and they're not. I think you just always have to remember that the best thing you can do is just be a good listener and not give advice if it's not being asked and just just use what you are going through as a way to be more empathetic. But it is hard and I don't I don't think there's an easy answer. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think for me, having been single for so many years, my single friends who were my age in the late 30s, early 40s bracket, they were my whole family out here. Since my family's in California, they were sort of like my Utah family. And getting married and getting pregnant when there are many of them that I know are still waiting for that opportunity. They haven't found a companion or a partner who would really support them in, in parenthood. And that's what they're, they're waiting for and hoping for. It is extremely difficult for me. I struggle with that a lot. I'm a lot like Shauna in that way. It's, it, it just doesn't seem fair. I have a really hard time with injustice. That's something my whole life, everything needed to be fair. And it, when it wasn't, it just was so hard for me. And so it's something that I struggle with a lot. And I have tried really hard to not pretend like I'm not pregnant because I think that that's insulting because you should give your friends an opportunity to be happy for you and excited for you. But I also don't think that I need to spend all of my time focusing on my pregnancy. Like for example, on social media with my Instagram account with my sisters, there are times when it's appropriate to talk about it. And there's other times when I can talk about other things. And I think I mentioned this at the beginning, I really struggled with my feelings of having such a hard time with the pregnancy because I felt so guilty for struggling so much when I knew that some people would give anything to be struggling in a pregnancy. And that was hard because I would invalidate my own feelings a little bit. But I think gratitude is extremely important. But I also think it's extremely important not to dismiss your own feelings and to recognize that something is hard and is a challenge for you and didn't maybe didn't look the way you imagined that it would. I feel guilty sometimes because pregnancy hasn't been my favorite thing. It's been hard. And I will not look back and say, I just loved being pregnant. That's just not going to be my story. And I feel guilty about that. But I think what I try to remember is that there's a time and a season for everything. And everyone has their own times and seasons. Also, our stories are so different than what we imagine that they will be. You know, um, I never thought I'd be a stepmom. I always thought I'd have lots and lots of, of kids and I am going to have lots of kids, but not in the way that I thought. Everybody grows from their own story. 